Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and we've got another great show lined up for you today. One of the things that you'll hear me talk about often is how God restores. What I also know is that God doesn't just restore. He redeems. We are redeemed because of him. Friends, we have to talk about this today because I was talking with my dear friend, Tyler Peterson. We were talking about his testimony of restoration and redemption. And I said, you have to come on and talk about this. And he's like, absolutely. So Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks, Deb. I love sharing my testimony any chance I get. So uh, we do serve a redeeming and redemptive God. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And if you've listened to the show on a regular basis, you'll know Tyler has actually been here. We've had you as a special guest a couple of times with Justin and Pastor Nani. I mean, you've just been amazing to have you. And one of the things you started talking about is some of your, like your testimony, everything you've gone through and how God completely restored you and literally, I mean, he pulled you from the fire. From the fire. From, from the, the fire, yeah. yeah. And I was like, you got to come and tell yours. Like, we've been having you come and be with everybody. It's like, no, we need to talk about this. Tyler, where do we start? I mean, let's talk a little bit about where you were raised, when, like, kind of what happened. Let's let's yeah. get the full story. Yeah. Um, again, I, I love sharing my testimony because it's a testimony not of, of anything I've done, um, but of what God has done in me. Um, so I, I grew up in a, a Lutheran church, um, but growing up, I really had no desire to follow, to follow God, no interest in God. Um, I much preferred the ways of this world. Um, so in seventh grade, uh, for the first time, I got drunk one night. And after that night, my, that was what my life revolved around. I, I wanted to party. I wanted to drink. I wanted to chase women. Um, that led just a couple of years later into drugs. Um, pretty soon I was huffing to, to get high. I mean, throughout high school and into college, um, pretty much any way I could get high or, or drunk or buzzed, um, I was seeking after that. And what's interesting to me is in, in many ways, I was this party lifestyle person and uh, the world would say I was living the dream, right? Um, you know, you hear these expressions like you only live once and, uh, you know, live it up and all this stuff. So in a lot of ways, in the world's eyes, I had this great lifestyle. I was partying all the time. I had lots of friends. We were drinking and getting high and all this stuff. But what the world doesn't tell people is the emptiness and the deceitfulness and uh, the loneliness and the brokenness that's associated with that kind of lifestyle. So I, I had been living this way now since seventh grade. In it, my senior year of college, um, it, it really started to weigh on me. It, you know, over time, you have a lot of regrets when you're living in that lifestyle and uh, a, a lot of brokenness, like I mentioned before. But really what, what happened my senior year was I, I had a close friend who committed suicide. And uh, we were together the night before. Um, he did that and we were out partying and he, he made some pretty poor choices. And, and the next morning, uh, he thought, uh, that, you know, with the choices he had made the night before that his life was no longer worth living. And that really, um, that really changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, because I knew I, I would never see him again. Um, I knew, you know, the, the way that we both were living, 
was no way to live. You know, I, I remember there would be times before I would get high that I was, I was saying in my mind, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be getting high. I was getting high every single day, getting drunk three or four times a week. Um, and, and there'd be t- these times where I would try and quit and I'd quit for a few weeks and then I'd get sucked back into that lifestyle. And, um, you know, finally I just, uh, one night in, in desperation really cried out to God and said, God, if you are real, um, you have to come into my life and, and change my life and take over because clearly what I'm doing is making a, a complete mess of my life. And, uh, and he did. He, he slowly started to put people in my life who were Christians, and they began sharing with me. Um, he uh, allowed me to meet a, a Christian woman, um, and uh, just the, the way that she was living was so different than the rest of the world and, and the people I was surrounded with were living. And uh, ultimately, she, she would never say this, but the way she lived her life um, really ultimately led me to Jesus because I saw something different in her, and I, I wanted what she had. And um, in, upon seeking that further, uh, people began to share with me, and they shared the love of Christ with me. They shared the gospel with me that, you know, in my sins, I was dead in the sins and trespasses in it, that I was living in. I was separated from God who created me and loved me, who cared for me, who wanted a relationship with me, and that I, he died for me on the cross, and he rose again and conquered the grave, conquered Satan, conquered sin, and that if I believed in him, I would have new life, new life in him and eternal life in heaven with him. And I, I believed that, and God changed my life. He redeemed me from the pit of hell yeah. through the gospel. So there's just a few things I really want to just take a pause. First of all, this is a lot, right? Like this yeah. is for anybody who has either gone through this journey or maybe they haven't gone through it. They know someone who's gone through this mm-hmm. journey. One thing I'm very curious about is where people trying to help you when you were in the pit, you just couldn't see it. Because I'm guessing that there were people around you going, Tyler, you just cannot keep living like that. Like I'm, I'm assuming that. I'm making this up, but that there were people who were saying that, but you probably couldn't see it yet. So we want to speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So actually, I would say in in ways, there were both sets of people. There were the people who um, were trying to maybe say, hey, like, this is no way to live. Um, you know, you, you need to, some people would say, go to church or whatever. I, there were some of those people, but then there was also a, a large majority of people, I would actually say the majority of people were were not sharing or actively trying to pull me from that lifestyle. I think there's a fear um, of rejection, a fear of evangelism in a lot of ways for people. Um, you know, I, I tell this to our youth group. Uh, I don't ever remember someone from my high school inviting me to a night at youth group to an outreach event, to anything like that. I mean, I'm sure they just figured I would say no, um, or, you know, they just knew the lifestyle I was living. But I I often wonder, you know, if someone had invited me and been a little persistent and said, hey, like, come check this out. There's fun events. You know, they talk about God. I wonder if I would have went, you know. And I don't remember many people in my high school doing that. 
And I think that's a challenge for young kids today. You, you see these people living this party lifestyle and you just assume, you know, that they're having this great life and all this stuff. Um, but they're lost. They're broken. They're empty inside and they need Christ. And we're often too fearful to go and invite them to church or to share Jesus with them. I love that you are bringing this up because this is one of the things that we see so often is that people are broken, they are lost, but they don't necessarily know what to do. Right. And sometimes we make the assumption that, well, of course, everybody's heard about Jesus in the United States. Of course, everybody. This is not true. And I will just tell you from what I've learned from doing this radio station uh, program that is not true. Not we at talked all. to a lot of people. My son was talking to somebody the other day and he said something about Jesus and and the guy he was like, "Who are you talking about?" He had never heard about Jesus Christ. And he was 18 years old. 18. I'll tell you. And in the United States, we're not talking about unreached markets here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll tell you a, a real quick story. You know, after my senior year, I began kind of seeking God. And uh, I went to a church one Sunday, and the pastor was talking about the historical Jesus, you know, how he was a historical, real person who really lived on this earth and went to the cross. You know, even atheistic scholars believe that Jesus died on the cross. And I was blown away because I, at that point, I was 22 years old, Deb, and I did not know that Jesus was a historical, real person. At 22 years old, growing up, in the United States. And I went and I Google searched it and I was blown away that Jesus was a real person. And that changed me because I had, now I had to answer, well, who was Jesus? Who was this historical figure who lived, who died on the cross and who these crazy disciples believed rose from the dead? Who was this guy? Amen. Oh my gosh, it's so true. Well, and I'm also, I love that you're also bringing up the perspectives around yes there were the people that maybe said you got to get out of this but there were also the people hey if we can keep you down and we can normalize this behavior we can keep doing it too because there's that thing about sort of like when someone becomes successful right it's like oh blah 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 right like it's like oh we don't want that we want to hold you back yeah well you know when you're living in sin there is conviction on your life but if you can get more people to join you you're you feel more comfortable in your sin. You know, it's interesting now when I hang out with some of my old friend groups and stuff, uh, obviously the language is not always <laughs> the the most holy, I guess I would say. And and oftentimes they'll just be talking like we used to and then they'll say something like, "Oh, I'm sorry for swearing in front of me," you know, and I'm not convicting them or anything, but it I feel like the Holy Spirit in that I'm not living that lifestyle anymore is convicting them in some ways of the lifestyle they're living and the language they're using. You're also pointing to this, the example we set in our walk and speaking to your wife. When you met her, you wanted what she had. You didn't even necessarily completely know what it was. Right. But her example in her walk drew you to that. We as Christians can draw people to us by our actions, which is why I'll get my soapbox here for two seconds. Like, Love, 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 love. When we don't show people love mm-hmm. and we try to do the convicting, that's not our job. Right. That is not necessarily the way that we draw people to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, when I, throughout high school, throughout college, 
uh, you know, lots of people, I, I, they were kind to me, they were nice to me, but they weren't sharing Christ with me. You know, Christians who weren't willing to be bold and share Jesus, my guess is because of fear of rejection, you know, from, from me or from others. And, you know, I, str- I struggle with this as well. I'm not condemning anyone, you know, but there are the people that we see that are addicted to alcohol, that are struggling with all this stuff, they need Jesus and they need someone willing to share Christ with them. And if we aren't willing or bold enough to do that, they're going to stay lost in their sins. Amen. We've got more to come, and we're going to talk more about that rejection and how we actually work to counter that within our own minds, right? And we're going to talk more about reaching out to people. We're going to talk more about God completely restoring and redeeming the work that he is doing in Tyler. Friends, there's so much more to come, but we're going to take a brief pause. We'll be back more with Tyler Peterson. This is Deb McGregor. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice. Serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. We'd love to hear feedback on the show. Have you heard a guest who inspired you or drew you deeper into relationship with the Lord? Was there a topic that really resonated with you? Do you have a show idea around joy? We would love to hear from you. We want to build a community of joy. Please email Deb at lifefulofjoy.com and put feedback in the subject line. Nourishing Ways by Kelly Joe, personalized nutrition coaching designed to help women ditch dieting for good and cultivate confidence in themselves so they can nourish their bodies with the food they love without the stress and guilt. Hi, I'm Kelly Joe. I have over 20 years working as a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor. Let me help you live the joy-filled life you crave. Contact me today on Facebook at Nourishing Ways, that's W-E-I-G-H-S, or call me today at 218-368-4911. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Tyler Peterson. We're talking about restoration. We're talking about redemption and going into the break. Boy, I feel like we just kind of hit on a lot of topics all at one time. Like, woo, here we go. Let's talk a little bit more about individuals that we're trying to reach them. We're trying to talk to them. And we really want to meet them where they're at and show them this love of Christ. Let's talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, I would like to say too... um, you know, I grew up, I was growing up in a church. We would rarely go, but I was in a church. And, you know, in a lot of ways, us as believers now, we assume that people have heard the gospel if they're growing up in America or if they grow up in a church. And um, I don't think that's the case because I hadn't. 
until I was 23 years old. I had never heard a clear gospel presentation that Christ died for my sins, rose from the grave, conquered death, and that if I placed my faith and trust in him, he would save me and redeem me. And that's the other wonderful thing. You know, he he took my heart of stone and gave me a heart of flesh and love. And a, a lot of people think, you know, um, that God comes and, and turns bad people into good people, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible said God brings the dead to life. We are dead in our trespasses and sins against him, but God who loves us made mm. us alive yes. together with Christ. Amen. And so I think, um, you know, when we, we talk about hurting and broken people, we can assume they've heard a message of Jesus before, but that assumption is often incorrect. They yeah. might have heard, hey, you should go to church, you know, hey, you need Jesus, something like that. But a clear gospel is what broken and hurting people really need to hear because there's no greater love than the love of Christ laying down his life for us. Oh, my gosh. It is so true. And I was just thinking as you were talking about um, in Psalm uh, 107, 2 to 3, let the redeemed tell their story. Mm -hmm. And this is another reason I believe sometimes God puts people through things just like you went through. And then you find Jesus... And then you are outgoing, and now you're sharing this. And I, I okay, I'm not going to rewrite the Bible, but it's an accounting. Because a story to me can be potentially, right, we can make up a story, right? This right. is not, this is a real-life accounting of Tyler Peterson's life. Yeah, and, and what you can see is you can see the changes, not because, again, of anything that I have done or I am doing, but what Christ has done in me. And, and you know, this life that I live now I've been crucified with Christ, right? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And this life that I have is not my own. It's no longer my own because I was bought with a price, and that's yes. the precious blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. So to think that I have any say or um, anything in my own strength that's, uh, that's wonderful or amazing is is wrong. It's all a gift from God that I even am able to be here with you today. Yeah, amen. So let's talk a little bit more about this restoration. So you obviously start following the Lord. You meet this amazing woman who ultimately becomes your wife. Yep. And then God just keeps calling you more and more. Yeah. And this is really where I would encourage believers to, to become a mentor to someone, especially a new believer. I had my pastor took me under his wing, and we were in the Word every week. We were getting together. And, you know, that's something where uh, for new believers and for those who don't know Christ, get them in the Bible because we know that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts of, and intentions of the heart, right? And we know that all Scripture is God-breathed. So you... If you want to hear God speak in your life, read the Bible, and, and God will speak to you. And that's where I would encourage people to start in this redemptive walk is in the Word of God. Because the Word of God speaks truth, and, and you can feel it, you can sense it. I love God's Word, and I have from the beginning. Um, and that's where my pastor started me in this redemptive walk in the Word of God. And, and the Word of God will reveal things in your life, too that maybe need to be changed or, or give you greater clarity on your calling and your giftings, things like that. Absolutely. So I know that it doesn't like happen overnight, 
But God actually started calling you to not just do speaking, but actually to start doing some pretty incredible mission work. Talk to us about that call and discerning that. And just, I mean, he really put you on a road. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, he, he's a redemptive God. Um, and he's taken what was broken and made it into something that uh, he can use for his glory. And so, uh, you know, one of the first things uh, I did as a follower of Jesus when I, I went on a short-term missions trip and, and seeing the way God was moving around the world, seeing people who had nothing live with such joy because they had Jesus, that changed my life and gave me, God gave me such a great heart to see people throughout the world know him. And uh, we, we worked in some refugee camps off the coast of Turkey for a season. If you remember when the Syrian war started, yeah. thousands of people were coming over on these little rubber boats and uh, many unfortunately were drowning in the Aegean mm. Sea. And uh, we were some of the first people they would come in contact with there. And never in a million years did I think God would give me a love for the Muslim people, but that's exactly what he did. That's what I love about the way that God works. We never know where he's going to call us, right? <laughs> it is amazing. I mean, right. In a, I never, ever would have thought that I would be, you know, taking trips to the Middle East to tell people about Jesus, you know. And if you would ask people in my high school, I mean, Deb, in high school, I was voted in my senior year most likely to be single, most likely to be single. And then God gave me a wife. He changed my life. He's given me a calling to missions and to telling people about Jesus. And that's just that when we talk about restoration and redemption, that's the way our God works. It's just I can feel the Holy Spirit right now. Like it just makes me want to almost sob in, in joy, right? In joy, yes. Because I just think about how we never know how the story's going to end. Because we could have someone who is broken beyond broken, who is literally in the fire. Yeah. And yet, look at what God can do. Mm -hmm. But that is the only way that we can at least somewhat know the end of the story, right? Right. I mean, one of my best friends, and you've met him, is a three-time felon uh, who got saved in a prison cell, you know? And he was running drugs across the border between Mexico and Texas. Now he's running Bibles across the border between <laughs> countries in God the Middle uses East. it all. It's so true. That's oh our redemptive gosh. God at work. Oh, my gosh. I love this. And to me, this is also the power. Of, it's like the power of Roman 8.28 to me. And it could be my interpretation of it. But it's this concept that he's going to use it for good. When our hearts are with him, he will take all things. He will use them for good. And that's exactly what he does here. And I, for me, it's just like, I, I just picture all the, I picture God up there and all the angels and like, they're just doing this little happy dance. It's like, yeah, here we go. Romans 828, Romans 828, right? <laughs> and I just, you can almost picture it because all the heavens rejoice. I mean, like you can just picture the scene, right? Oh, yeah. And I love that. Like, this is what I love about God. This is what I love about these kind of testimonies. Because it's like, it is possible. It is. Because God makes the impossible possible. Amen. And you know, we have a role in that as well. I'll, I'll remember, I have one friend that I remember, I went to his wedding and at his wedding, he talked about me. And he talked about how all those years he was praying for me. Oh. And I could not believe that. I, I was blown away that he said that because... We had been close in 
middle school before I started partying, and then we went our separate ways. And he said that whole time he had been praying for me, and he knew I got saved. I came to his wedding, and during his wedding speech, he talked about God's redemptive work in my life and how he had been praying for me for all of those years. Praise the Lord. I just like, so we cannot underestimate the power of prayer. Amen. We cannot underestimate the power of what God is doing through with people, right? Through and with people. Right. It's so powerful. And, and it reminds me, like when you're saying that, it's just an encouragement. We can't give up. Right. We, we pray without ceasing. Amen. And when we know there's things that we need to be praying about, we keep praying till God releases us from it, right? Amen. That's oh my right. gosh. Okay. But there's even more. So now God's calling you. To actually go back to school? Yeah. (laughs) So the day that this airs, I will be attending my first day at Denver Seminary. So yeah, again, how the Lord works. Oh my gosh. Now he's calling my family and I to seminary. We'll be there for three years. Um, I'm pursuing my Master of Divinity in Biblical Preaching. And we we sold our house. Uh, We sold most of our possessions. And, uh, you know, we're going to see where God leads us. We don't have a plan after seminary, um, which is great because now we're totally reliant on Jesus to, to lead and, and guide us. You know, we, we make our plans, but the Lord directs our steps. Oh, my gosh, it's so true. And I love that you're talking about the selling of the possessions and releasing because when you don't have those distractions and you don't have those things, you truly can hone in on this is what God's got for me right now. Amen. It's so my, important. My favorite Bible verse is, do not store up for yourselves treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break into steel, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I want yeah. my treasure to be eternal rewards in heaven, not the treasures of this world, not the treasures of earth. Oh my gosh, it's so, oh my gosh, it's just so good. It's so good, so good. I want to keep going, going, going. Final thoughts for people as you reflect back on this time, this restoration, this redemption. What's a final thought you want to share with someone? Maybe it's a thought of encouragement or even just a reflective note that you've had for yourself as you look back on this journey. Yeah, I would, I'd like to share a word of encouragement for everyone who's listening and, and knows someone who is where I was at in that phase of living for the world, whether that's for money, wealth, power, sin, greed, anything. Um, one, don't give up hope that God can do a miracle in their lives. And two, get them in the word of God. You know, take them to God's word. Start with the gospel of John. It's a very simple gospel, all about Jesus um, and you know, if, if you have an opportunity, tell them about the love of Christ, the gospel message that Jesus died for their sins. He rose from the grave, conquered sin, conquered death, and now offers new life, eternal life to all who believe in him. And that's the message that people need to hear. That's the message that saves. Amen. And sometimes we need to hear it too. Amen. It's good to hear the reminder. I love I, the gospel. Right? I mean, it's just, I love, just every time I go in, it's a living word. I hear it differently, right? Amen. And so can our listening audience. Tyler, you are amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us, Deb. Oh my gosh. And you're going to have to come back on break and give us an update. Amen. I'll do that. On how it's going, how this master's is going. And yeah, we'll do that. You'll, you'll be schooling us on, on the word because you're going to learn new things, right? One year of Hebrew and two years of Greek. 
Greek, so... It's all Greek to me. Okay, I just had to throw that in there, right? Tyler, thanks for coming in today. We want to thank Tyler. We want to thank all of you for choosing to listen. And we want to thank Philip Elke for engineering today's program. We want to remind you to live, share, and lead with joy. This is Deb McGregor. Have a great day. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.